0: Hey Kyle, have you thought about shaving your head lately?
1: Uh, it's winter, so no.
0: My goodness.
1: Yep. The
0: top is so and, shiny.
1: And yes, I know. And and also, um, my wife has let it be known that she does not appreciate my shaved head. So. So she's she likes that. Um, she would prefer it to be longer. So this is the compromise that I I've uh, settled on that I will not, in fact, completely shave it, um, but. I buzz it instead. Grow it out long
0: enough to do a come over. That's what I
1: want. I, jingle. I, no.
0: <laughs> Christ can change your past. He died on the cross so that all the sins you've ever committed, all the things you've ever done wrong, are forgiven. You were dead. He breathed into your lungs the breath of eternal life, and he resurrected you. It is by grace. Now, now, right now, you confess and believe. Welcome to Not Another Baptist Podcast, a weekly podcast about what two pastors are learning in the trenches of church revitalization. My name is Matt Hensley. I'm the pastor of Mayhill Baptist Church in Mayhill, New Mexico, and managing editor of
1: Lifeway Pastors. And I'm joined by none other than Dr. Kyle Bierman, pastor of First Baptist Church of Alamogordo, New Mexico, director of replanter development for the North American Mission Board.
0: And folks, you can trust him because he's a doctor.
1: <laughs> yes, that's right.
0: Now, <laughs> hey, Kyle. Yeah. Who's sponsoring this bad boy?
1: Well, we have a couple of stellar sponsors. Uh, the first is our favorite translation, the the holy infallible Inerrant and Inspired authorized. Christian st- Authorized CSB. Yeah, uh, we've
0: authorized it.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's right. Because you can't spell SBC without
0: CSB. So, yeah, And if you'd like uh, more information about a translation that is both readable and accurate, visit csbible.com after the show. Don't do it now because you want to listen to these 30-some-odd years of ministry experience, we are experts at what not to do. Amen? Absolutely. Amen. 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 Kyle, first, I guess I need to ask, uh, aside from your receding hairline, how
1: are you doing? I'm good, man. Uh, Settling in to the new year. And um, now that the craziness of, you know, the holiday season is over, uh, the craziness of January commences, and uh, uh, so we we are full in uh, full into the new year, and uh, have some exciting things happening at the church. Have some exciting things happening um, with the replant team at Nam, and uh, just really hitting the hitting the ground running this this year. Um, and you've
0: got some exciting typos in your social media post from First Alamogordo, if I remember. So correctly. there's
1: there was a space that was missing. So yes, but 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 we, we have an increased focus on our neighborhood here at right Christmas Church. Increased <laughs> focus. Yes, it's it's such an increased focus, we didn't want to leave any space. Yeah. Right. So so We're no no space, nope. no space left. No
0: no space left behind. There you go. Yes. No That's space right. left without the gospel. That's what you mm-hmm. need. Roll with it, man. Make that your new logo. That's it. Like, it. no, no, just make that the first Alamogordo thing. No spaces in anything. No spaces. Like your logo, everything. No spaces. It'll be First Baptist Church, <laughs> Alamogordo. You know? Know, Alamogordo. <laughs> yeah. That's how I talk anyway, so it be perfect. <laughs> so uh, I, I'm glad to know you are doing well. I, I have a true or false question for you. Okay. Did you, true or false, make the joke on Sunday that this would be your best sermon of the year yet.
1: I did not. That is false. I I did not make that joke.
0: I totally did. And then I followed it up with, it's also the worst, but yeah, but yeah, I did that. Things in Mayhill are going great. There's no snow on the ground. And uh, so that means that I'm less of a Christian today than I would be because I don't have joy in my heart because my joy is dependent upon there being snow on the ground. Not really. Uh, But uh, would like a little more snow. Uh, But I guess beggars can't be choosers. Uh, But things are going well. Uh, My secretary is still a Yankees fan. uh, (laughs) But I did see the news, Kyle, that the Astros are not alone in their cheatingness. Oh, really? The investigation Mm -hmm. has widened to now include your favorite team, the Boston Red Sox. (laughs)
1: So uh, let's see. That's at least two of the last three uh, Super yes. Bowl, or, uh, World both, Series champion. Not Super Bowl. World Series against, champions.
0: Both against the Dodgers. And I'm like The Dodgers yeah. are probably cheating too. Actually, every team is yeah. cheating in some way. Yeah. But I, I just would feel bad to be them. Like, hey, like, give us a title or something. Yeah. Uh, but uh, wow. so yeah, things are, things are good up on the mountain. And, uh, but Kyle, I was looking at our podcast feed the other day. Yeah. And uh, do you know what I noticed? um the, we the, never finished looking at oh, our book no yes. we promised our listeners that we would we go all the way through the the book so they wouldn't have to buy it yep. that's um, right just just kidding we still want you to buy it because kyle is going to need a hair replant implant <laughs> and hair replant
1: that's what you need <laughs> I'm, a, I'm gonna need a vacation that's why i need you to buy the because i need a vacation from matt hensley and his nonsense
0: yeah. well you, <laughs> you still have to record on vacation baby so uh <laughs> You never get a break from this. We will never surrender. Never give up. <laughs> never sur- no, uh, so, Kyle. We need to talk about the church that the world forgot. Yeah, and in our book, that was a brief look at Paul's letter to the Colossians. Those of you that maybe weren't here for uh, the last couple of episodes of 2019, we had made our way every other week or so through our book. We wrote a book, Replanting Rural churches, which you can find on Amazon.com. And uh, and so it's a short read, very encouraging read. It's kind of meant to be something that you can pick up maybe when you're struggling or, or wanting to quit, whatever it is, just for that uh, another call to stay in the fight because the fight is worth it. It's also a call for us to remember those forgotten pastors yeah. and uh, pastors like Kyle and I. We're grateful for the podcast and our work with Nam or Lifeway to have a chance to uh, to speak into Southern Baptist life but at the same time people like us across the country are in the middle of nowhere and apart from maybe their mom or dad nobody knows they exist and uh and so we 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 want to remind uh our brothers and sisters in the SBC uh, that there are faithful Christians outside of mega metropolis uh areas <laughs> and wherever there is a person there needs to be somebody They're faithfully preaching the word, and it's just as much of a great mission field there in rural America as in the middle of urban America. And so Kyle focused on uh, this chapter in our book, and uh, so Kyle, I really just kind of turn it over to you to to maybe walk us through this look at Colossians.
1: Yeah, so Colossians was the first series that I preached through when I became a, I guess what we'd call senior pastor. A real Um, pastor. Yeah, <laughs> moving moving out of youth youth and music ministry into uh the pastorate. This was the first book that I preached through up in Clayton, New Mexico. And and the reason I did is I was studying um I I I read some some things on uh the, the city of Colossae and that was that, that it was really a city that that was a by the time Paul wrote this letter was a shell of what it once had been. So it had once been um a, a major city and an important city. And and then by certainly by the time Paul's writing, it had really dwindled in size and had um, really been overtaken by a couple of cities that were very close to it, Laodicea and Hierapolis. Um, And so I, I was in Clayton, New Mexico, 90 miles from Walmart and was reading about this, this church in this city that, that, that was forgotten in a, in a sense, um, and and certainly that mattered in a in a community like Clayton that was once a, a booming um, ranching and, and farming community and had um, kind of dwindled down downtown. There were a lot of uh, places where businesses had once been and there were no longer uh, businesses, just just empty storefronts and and kind of run down. Um, and you know, if you're talking rural ministry and moving to a rural community. A lot of times that's, that's how the communities are. There, there may be a downtown that is full of buildings uh, where only one or two of those um, storefronts are still occupied. Yeah. Um, and, and so especially for folks who've been there a long time, like every day as you're going to the post office, as you're going to the grocery store, you're driving past these memories of what once was. I think a lot of churches are like that too. You, you walk the halls. Uh, especially in the church that, that you've been a part of for a long time. And you can almost feel the ghosts of, of former ministries that happened in that building. Um, yeah. and, and so Colossians is important for us because Paul, Paul certainly wrote letters to um, in really big and important cities like Rome, like Ephesus. Yet he, he wrote one to, to a place that people really didn't care about anymore. And that's, that's the, the, the Colossian church. And so for me as as a pastor of a struggling church, and certainly um, when I first entered the pastorate up in Clayton and uh, the pastor of an extreme rural church, um, Colossians was a great encouragement to me. um, Because Paul talks about, um, he kicks off his letter like he does so many others. He simply says, we always thank God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, when we pray for you. So Paul was praying for the the, the church in Rome, and he had a relationship with the church in Rome, but he wanted these folks in, in Colossae to know that he's praying for them as well, and he cares about them, and he recognizes the important, um, the important parts that they're playing in the kingdom of God, even though they're not living in, a, in what we would consider a big place. Um, and so, you know, w- w- what I said in that introduction is that the, the gospel of Jesus has the power to save in, in a place like a New York City or a Washington, D.C., or a San Francisco or in LA, it, 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 it has the power to save in those places, but it also has the power to save in a ranching community or a mountain community like Mayhill or in a church in the middle of a cotton field in West Texas. The, those, those churches still have great value to the kingdom of God because they are outposts for the gospel to be proclaimed. And, and then I, I just love that Paul goes in and, from this Thanksgiving section, he begins to proclaim the glory of God. He, he proclaims uh, the glorious gospel to these people. Um, and so 113, he just simply says he's rescued us from the domain of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of the son. He loves just this epic uh, description that Paul took these people out of this domain of darkness and has transferred them into his kingdom. Um, I mean, th- throughout the rest of the letter, he talks about struggles, which, uh, as we know, are realities in any size church, right? Yep. The, the running joke is that anywhere you have two Southern Baptists, you're going to have at least three opinions. Um, <laughs> yeah. And so, you know, you don't need a big church to have struggles. Um, and, and as a mentor of mine has, has told me over and over and over, he said, big churches aren't better. They're just bigger yep. and, and, and bigger everything, right? Bigger, bigger Sunday morning attendance. Bigger headaches, bigger problems. Like it's it's not better, it's just bigger. But struggles are um, a reality in ministry. Whether you have a church of five people, or five hundred, or four, or five thousand, you're going to have struggles. Um, Colossae was was dealing with false teaching, um, and so Paul wanted to make sure the believers there had a firm grasp on the gospel. That's why he articulated the gospel and in. Colossians, like he does in, in many of his letters, um, where he begins by explaining the gospel to the church, explaining the gospel to believers. And it's something that I, I tell our church all the time. This is important. Um, we, we never want to just assume the gospel. We need to hear the gospel proclaimed. Whether you've been a believer for five minutes or 50 years, we still need to be reminded of the truth of the gospel because we as humans tend to have short memories. Um, sure. And uh, so paul Paul proclaims the truth of the gospel because he wants them to recognize it, but also he wants to counter this false teaching, and he, he wants his people to understand the the real gospel um, and, and this is important for us because probably in all of our churches, we have people who who believe things that are probably at best not biblical, right like uh, God helps those who help themselves um that if you, if if you just love Jesus and, and you serve Him, that everything will go well in your life. Like there are people in our pews who believe this. Um, at worst, we probably have some people in our in our pews, even in Southern Baptist churches, that believe stuff that's straight up heretical, right? Um, you, you know, man, name. I mean, I think the the prosperity gospel is taking root, and I think we'd be surprised how much of that's affecting our people. Um, you know, if you if you have someone in your church and, and they say, Oh, Pastor, you know, I just I just love you. And you know, um, man, when I can't make it to church in the morning, I just love to to turn on Joel Osteen and watch him in the morning. Um, you know, so if I if I can't be here, I'm just gonna I'm gonna turn on Joel Osteen. Um, and, and that's and where your go.
0: RC RC Sproul mug
1: comes in. Yes, what's, what's wrong what's with you people? What's wrong pe- with you people? Do you do you not notice a difference? <laughs> like <is Yeah>. there? <laughs>
0: Well, maybe they don't. I'm just saying. <laughs> uh,
1: well, believe me. Well, that's a, that's a discussion for a whole nother day because that'll cause a, a whole bunch of other questions to pop up into a preacher's mind as well.
0: Yeah, but, um, but one, of the, one of the other things you mentioned there was, was in that realities of the, of the Christian life, you know, how mm-hmm. we're to walk as followers of Christ, uh, how we welcome people from different backgrounds, how to relate to our fellow believers, how to worship uh, Christ. The Bible does tell us how to do that uh, how we relate to one another and our families, uh, and, uh, and then how we devote ourselves to prayer and welcoming outsiders with your love. And as, as I think you say there in the book that read, read that again, there's a lot of things to cover in just one, yes. one little chapter. And, uh, you know, and, and, you quote Clifton about being a resourceful journalist. And, uh, I, I posted that picture, uh, yesterday from the, uh, uh, a software that I use where it asks like, what, what, you know, parts do you play in your church? And it was like, pastor, elder, teacher, administrator, web designers, like going down the list. And like, yeah. I yeah. literally checked every single one. And, uh, and today is a great example of that. I, I started my day, uh, writing a, a sermon, working on a sermon, wrapping up a sermon, got right out of that and had some prayer needs that I was sending out, uh, to some members Right after that, had a counseling session. After this podcast, I've got another one. Uh, I worked on the website. It was like one thing after another today. And it's it's only 155 uh, here in our time. And I've done every job that there is in the church. If you count going to lunch with our student ministry, uh, volunteer directors and making some plans there too. So even student ministry was covered today. And so answering some of those questions, on all the different areas of our church, that when we know the gospel, know the ministry, and and we have a good grasp on what God is calling us to do at every station of life, we can speak into those different stations of life uh, in a rural context when you might be the only person there. And you may have to be giving counsel uh, to that great-grandparent that's really struggling with their great-grandson who's doing this, and you're 34 years old and trying to think why am i giving advice to this 80-year-old person you know because you've you've been there you know what god's word says and uh and, and you yep. you remind us here that no seminary degree in the world can effectively train a pastor in every area of the church whether it's marriage and family counselor you you can get a great degree focusing maybe on one or two of these things and still probably have some parts of that you'll, that you'll still have to learn in the trenches. But the best MDiv out there, which I believe is at Southwestern, one of our other uh, sponsors, which you can visit swivets.edu after the show to find out more about. Uh, nice but I, I believe the one, well done, Matt. Uh, I believe their MDiv is phenomenal. It's very wide ranging, uh, but it gives you kind of a taste of each and every discipline that you're going to kind of have to serve as a pastor and, and kind of teaches you how then to take the next step to become an expert in those different areas. And you're going to have to become that generalist for all of these different areas in your church, especially in a rural uh, context. And, and you got and, to learn that in the trenches.
1: Yeah. And these things are learned in the trenches and they're learned over a period of time, right? So, I mean, there, there are things that, that you can't teach in a, in a classroom. I mean, you, you can't teach a pastor to be prepared for uh, that conversation that you're having after someone just loses a parent or, or, or even more devastating, loses a child. Like there's nothing under the, uh, in, uh, there's no education that could prepare you for that. And that those are the realities of ministry. So they're learned in the trenches. They're learned in relationships with your people and they're learned over a number of years. Um, Cause I, I mean, I was, I was about to say, I don't know anybody. That's probably not true. I probably do know some. But but there are very few people who would be excited about, man, I would go sit in a classroom for like 30 years to learn all this stuff, right? Huh. Um, no. <laughs> and and even then, like you're not going to yeah. learn it because so much of this happens in life and it's and it's dependent upon the unique makeup of people that you have in your church. Um, yeah. So, you know, if you don't know how to like change the innards of a Um, of a toilet, you should probably do that. Find somebody in your church and learn how to do that because inevitably something's going to break. And especially if you're a full-time pastor, you have the time, right? I mean, or you're there and you may not have the time, but you're there, you're available. And um, so, yeah, you need to know how to, how to do some basic plumbing. Um, And you know, where you, where, where you started to, to, to dovetail off of that,
0: where you started to land the, the plane here in the chapter with the conclusion, <clears throat> the conclusion is, is so important because there's there's lessons that, that Kyle is in the middle of learning right now, whether it's debt, the difficulty of, of navigating some of that kind of stuff, <clears throat> a transient community, things like that, yeah. that having pastors from a variety of backgrounds, that when you have a question in your faith, you know, like, one of my first weeks here, we've got the person in the community shot point blank in the face by a yeah. shotgun. Nothing at Southwestern, as great as that was, prepared me for that day, other yeah. than loving them and praying for them. That was the best thing I learned. Yeah. But I did reach out to a former pastor friend of mine that had had one of his deacons that killed himself. Uh, mm-hmm. Same same manner. And so I reached out to him. I'm like, what, what do I do? And, uh, and so you also need to remember that as Paul in that end of uh, Colossians is listing out 11 names, yep. Paul was not a lone ranger. Kyle is not a lone ranger. I'm not a lone ranger. We might be the only staff members at our, at our church, at least paid, but all of us have, have really worked to network and connect with pastors in our association, our state convention, and, and beyond through social media. Uh, so that we can have people that we can bounce things off of, and then that we know that they can bounce off of us as as well uh you you need to network and realize that the convention and your local aso- association really serves to serve you and uh, and to help you with that uh, because small town is tough you know for for us i'm i'm thirty minutes from the nearest pastor, and then another thirty minutes from from the next one. Uh, but through social media <clears throat> and through our association and so forth we 're able to have those connections and uh and so you you need those gospel partners people that will when you 're struggling your arms are starting to fall, they can be your Aaron and her and uh and and lift those arms back back up and uh and so there 's pastors all over North America serving in churches just like yours, maybe smaller, maybe a little bigger. Maybe in a smaller town, maybe in a bigger town. All of us are on the same team, you know, and so we we can work together uh, to to advance the gospel in our little corner of this country we call home. Yeah, Kyle, any other thoughts?
1: Um, let let this be an encouragement. If you've not sat down and read through uh, Colossians, read through it, um, because for for me, this was a great reminder that. Not only did Paul care about about this Colossian church, but God cares. Yeah. God cared about them, and He cares about your church too. Whether you have five people, or five thousand, or anywhere in between, He He knows you. He knows your people, and He cares deeply for you. So be encouraged, um, and and know that you have. Uh, there's some information here at the back of the book, uh, ChurchReplanners.com. You know, you know if you're if you're just in a spot and you're struggling, and you need some encouragement. Uh, email replant at nam.net and uh somebody from our team will be in touch with you somebody from the replant team uh maybe maybe just to pray for and encourage you uh if you need you know advice to walk through uh walk through a situation man we are more than happy to do that that's why we exist we exist yeah. to serve churches that that are serving uh, serve churches and to serve pastors who are serving in difficult places
0: yeah and and as you concluded this this paragraph is worth repeating Uh, we are convinced that some of the most powerful work of God happens in the lives of pastors and churches that will never win an award for most baptisms. (laughs) They're never going to be listed as the highest giver in the denomination. But we wholeheartedly believe that God loves pastors who serve in areas where the cattle or the deer far outnumber the people (laughs) because there's people there that he loves and he wants to save and he's going to use you to do it. And uh, so we, we hope this is an encouragement, grab our book on Amazon replanting rural churches. You can find us online at not another Baptist Find us on Twitter uh, at NAB underscore podcast. Both of us are on Facebook. Feel free to message us. Yep. Uh, you can also message Kyle. His number is five, seven, five, six, two, three. I don't know what his number is, uh, <laughs> but uh, reach out to us. We'll be happy to let you vent pray with you, cry with you, whatever you need. Uh, but, uh, but don't go at, a, go at it alone. Don't think that you are forgotten because you're not forgotten. Don't think your church doesn't matter because it doesn't matter. All of these things are lies from the pit of hell. You matter, your church matters. God loves you and he has a plan to work in and through you to advance the kingdom, push back the darkness there in rural, middle of nowhere, wherever you are, just as he does in the middle of the biggest city in America. So have a wonderful day, and Kyle sent us out.
1: Until next time, may your coffee be as black as night and as bold as the gospel you declare.